We would like to acknowledge the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which Wirroni is created. We pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge that the name Wirroni was taken from the Wadi Wadi Nation without permission and we are striving to do better for future reconciliation. Hello and welcome back to Post Irony Parables. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Evan. Um, and we're super excited to be back after the break. There we are. How are you doing, Evan? Yeah, not bad, not bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. What did you get up to today? I did a little reading. I sat oh, yeah. down for a bit. Mm -hmm. I stood up on occasion. Nice. As you um, do. Yeah, I mean, you know, some, some days, some days you don't. Um, mm. You know how it is. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, um, I've actually done a bit of research regarding this this new book that we're going to be reading mm -hmm. and discussing and so, today. And so what are, what are we reading? Uh, today week? we're actually going to be reading um, Hen Gets Wet by Strawberry Farm. It includes 20 flaps, actually, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out later on. I can't wait to see. Um, I've, heard, I've heard so much about the, the 20 flaps um, within Hen Gets Wet. And, but, you know, I've heard so much about them and their... Um, the kind of historical context they hold in, in literature. But I'm really excited to finally delve into it and kind of understand more in depth what these 20 flaps are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's been, this is sort of one of those seminal texts when it comes to the like flap usage in mm. literature. Mm. So let's start by analyzing the, um, the cover a bit. Mm. So what do we see here? There's, um, there's like, a, like a hen house. Mm-hmm. With a, a hen, presumably, I believe. Is looks looks like a hen, and there's some sort of trails coming out from behind her. So could could those be a like a reference to um the conspiracy theory of chemtrails regarding mm. like, um like weather control and whatnot, governmental weather control? Yeah, potentially. I feel like that could that could be uh, an illusion the author is attempting to illustrate. Us, sorry, this might not have been the, the mm. author's input directly. Mm. Um, I think we'll see later if there is an illustrator, which is exciting. Um. I think it's also really interesting. So we see these hens jumping out of this little, what I'm assuming is their house. Uh, it's a little house that has home sweet home uh, written on the outside of it. Oh, does, hang on. Let me get a, let me get a closer Which look at that one. I think is really interesting because um, I feel like what the illustrator and author are doing here is really personifying these, um, these chickens. Uh, and they're really creating two narratives. One is, you know, these hens are just like normal hens. Um, Yet they, they've been living in this constructed human structure because hens don't usually build their own kind of you know wooden houses, um, or th this is actually set uh, thousands and thousands of years in the future where all humans are dead and hens have now evolved to become the the dominant species on Earth um, and are building their own infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's quite an intriguing point you you've raised there actually, as I aware. Um, the the sort of construction abilities of these, these hens, right? Mm. The the illustrated depiction of the hen we have here on the cover doesn't seem to include any appendages. And mm. when I was doing my PhD on um, like wooden farmhouse construction, mm. I noticed that you actually couldn't construct a very good farmhouse, certainly not a home sweet home one, yeah, without any like uh, manipulable appendages. So I find it very difficult to sort of believe that this hen has constructed the house it resides in. Yeah. What, what was your PhD on again? Um, that one was, was more specifically on the interactions of particles within 
uh, farmhouse environments. Mm, mm. That's so interesting. Um, I think something that should also be noted is that, um, so we see this main main hen, I guess, kind of the centerpiece of the illustration, and we see both of its eyes looking out towards us, yet it's on a side-on view. So I think this furthers uh, my theory that it is kind of a uh, futuristic um, evolution of chickens where they would actually have four eyes, two on each each side of their face, which is very interesting, and I'm excited to see... Um, what the uh, what the twenty flaps reveal to us uh, surrounding that? Yeah, I feel like I feel like those flaps could be a definitive aspect in sort of deciding this debate between us whether it is a futuristic hen or mm. just some external influence on the hen's housing. But um, I I was sort of taking this picture at face value in that the hens are actually 2D organisms. Mm, okay. And so while it looks like it might have four eyes if it was a three-dimensional creature, it's actually only two-dimensional. And so the two eyes, is it sort of checks out with what chickens normally are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But chickens are usually three-dimensional creatures. Yeah, but, you know, there's some variation within sort of organisms. So mm. th- it's quite likely that there is at least... Uh, on occasion, some two-dimensional forms. Yeah, that just makes sense. I remember um, when I did my PhD a few years ago, I was studying how animals, if you actually hit them enough times with a hammer uh, until they're two-dimensional instead of three-dimensional, um, they actually still are the animal, although usually they're not still living by the time they're um, flattened to that. Um, although my, my supervisor said that um, the results were inconclusive because it was too difficult to see them because there's too much blood everywhere. Um, but that's, that's kind of why I, why I left that university and uh, I'm not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. So do you think your, your sort of expertise as such obtained in two-dimensionalizing um, farmyard animals mm. might help your uh, analysis of this piece of literature? Yeah, of, of strawberry farms, hen gets wet. I, I think so. And I think together we can create a really conclusive um, and, and quite broad analysis of this text. Um, I'm really excited. Should we, should we dive in? I feel like there's a bit more in, in this cover we can oh, yeah? uh, dissect. I feel like down in the bottom right-hand corner, we've got that uh, fox there looking up with only one eye. Now the so, fox only has one eye. So if, if my theory that they are two-dimensional creatures was, was to hold true, then there would be a mutation in the fox this resulting like a, in a, a cyclops cyclopia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I feel like that could possibly lend credence to your three-dimensional four-eyes theory on the, the chickens. And uh, it also appears to be smiling up at the hen, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I was doing research on hen-fox interactions, this didn't occur very often. So I'm unsure whether that is another sort of evidence point to this being um, a constructed farmhouse mm-hmm. or whether this mm-hmm. evidence actually plays into that farmhouse construction sort of argument. But... It's certainly an interesting piece. I believe what um, Strawberry Farm might be attempting to do here is um, use the, this cover to display how um, Hen Gets Wet is actually a, piece, a classic piece of feminist literature. Um, how hens are usually uh, females, hens are female chickens, um, and, and the hen is up above the fox, and the fox only has one eye, and... Um, one-eyed creatures are usually associated with uh, with males or like male hormones. Yeah, yeah. So there, there we have the male beneath the female looking up and smiling, and so it's it's you know kind of uh, showing how uh, 
men and women can live together in equal harmony and even raise each other up. But it's also kind of sub subverting these expectations because the fox is probably going to kill the hen. Um, well, I, w I wouldn't be too sure about that. Sorry, uh, if I can just interject there. Yeah. Um, foxes are actually omnivorous uh, species, so they do not necessarily... Uh, exists solely off meat products. Mm. Um, so therefore, this, this fox could just be good friends with the hen and not intending on consuming its meat at all. That's it could a good just point. be subsisting off, you know, vegetation and whatnot that provided by the environment. So I'm not certain that that sort of analysis of the fox intending on eating the, the hen is uh, relevant in this circumstance. Mm. Uh, certainly foxes can eat hens mm -hmm. because of the omnivorous nature, mm -hmm. but... It's not a, a must, you know? Yeah, of course. And hens actually can eat foxes, though the cases are a lot rarer. Yes, yes. Um, I remember uh, conducting a study where I put a fox and a hen in the same room. Um, nothing happened because there was, a, there was kind of like a gate between them. They both died. Um, uh, is that the same room then? Yeah, it was. It had a, like a little window. Okay, okay. All right. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that you were con conducting experiments. <laughs> they, they just couldn't fit through the window. It was too yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, the results were inconclusive because they both died. Um, but kind of, it, it shows that neither of them have has a uh, superior advantage in the in the food chain. Would that sort of indicate that putting foxes and hens in proximity to each other would could potentially result in both organisms' deaths? Is this a a uh, sort of discussion regarding both the fox and the hen are going to die in this story because they are placed together in the title and your study sort of indicated that when they're in proximity to each other uh even without being able to interact they can both result in each other's mm. death it could and i guess that uh really makes hen gets wet lean into um the kind of existentialist drama i'm mm, yes. um, pointing out how uh we're all gonna die um everything we know is gonna disappear forever at least to us, because we will stop existing at some point. Mm. And despite the differences between a hen and a fox, at the end of the day, they're both going to die and fertilize daffodils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's certainly one way of looking at it. Shall we? Shall we start looking at uh, Let's do it. a little bit further into the? So this spot? is "Hen Gets Wet" by Strawberry Farm. A phonic story. Um, illustrated by Katie Saunders. Oh, Katie Saunders, you've done an impeccable job on the Well done. Cover. Well done. Lots of lots of hidden meaning there. All right, let's get started. Everything was quiet on Strawberry Farm. Let's just stop there. Um, and oh, hang on, it was quiet. Can we just acknowledge? Oh that? yeah, let's let's experience that. And and that was what Strawberry Farm was like. Wow, wow. I feel like I understand that that sentence a lot better in context of what it was implying mm, mm. it's it's really interesting how um strawberry farm the author is able to um so concisely create such a such a moving sentiment uh within just the opening sentence you know everything was quiet on strawberry farm six words we've established a place we've established what's going on we've established if it's quiet or loud yeah, yeah and like you, the environmental yeah you you really feel like you're there um and this is just this is why I love Strawberry Farms writing and why I think uh, Hen Gets Wet holds its place um, that it does in classic literature. Of course, of course. So this this quiet Strawberry Farm, right, is that implying that the, the, there's lots of things on Strawberry Farm, the everything is quiet, or that the farm itself is sort of 
quiet in the, the metaphorical sense that there's not a lot happening. There's not a lot happening, like, yeah. There could still be sound, at least a little bit, in mm. which case everything wouldn't be quiet. But it's just sort of like a actions aren't occurring. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I guess we'll see. Um, because if you take the, um, the former idea that you just presented, it means that everything, because this, as we have found out from this first sentence, everything takes place on Strawberry Farm. Um, it means it would be very difficult for um, everything on Strawberry Farm to interact. Not not a difficult and such, because there are ways to communicate without sound. Of course, yes. yes. But um, it would just be a very interesting narrative to have a farm where all the animals and you know the wind and the rain and everything don't make any sound. A soundproof farm. Yeah. Where you could sort a of psalm. A, a psalm. That's how did you read my mind? That's really interesting, and that. Brings forth uh, religious iconography, oh, of most course, definitely. Um, with you know the, the psalms, which are uh, the songs in the gospel that are sung uh, in praise of the Lord is, Jesus Christ. Is that what a psalm is? Yeah, and so it, it's very interesting that um, that uh, Strawberry Farm kind of included that as as a biblical reference. Obviously, um, very very uh, inspired by the Bible, which is another piece of oh, classic of literature. Um, the hen giving birth, the chicken. Mm, the eggs. mother, the mother, and the son, and Easter. Easter, eggs, Easter, hens. It's all clearly Jesus clearly very biblical. crucified. Uh, the the, the crown of thorns. Farmhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Surely the the crucifix was constructed out of wood in much the same way that the the sweet home sweet home farmhouse on the cover was constructed, constructed out of wood. As was Jesus' cross, yeah. and that he was crucified on. And and furthermore, in the Bible. You've just reminded me of something this fant- that this first sentence must be referencing. In the Bible, Jesus is up on the cross, and in the morning, it says everything was quiet. All was quiet, just like the farm. Just like Strawberry Farm. So we can maybe even um, historically place the context of um, Hen Gets Wet in the time of just after Jesus' death, so mm-hmm. in 0 AD. In zero, This is CA, occurring yeah. at the sort of beginning of our modern calendar yeah yes that's a really interesting sort of take on this piece of literature very interesting so everything was quiet on strawberry farm mother hen sat on her egg and smiled that hen is both the hen and egg are sort of i mean you, you obviously can't see this right now but um the hen and egg are both like highlighted. Mm. They're coloured, which is indicating there's a lot of emphasis on these two words. Mm. And this author, Strawberry Farms, has placed hen before egg. And I'm inclined to believe that this is implying that the strawberry farm believes that the chicken came before the egg in that age-old mm. sort of parable. This is, a, yeah, a, a heavy point of uh, debate and contention uh, with modern society and but it's as you said it's a very historical um debate as in which came first uh the hen or the egg and yeah it's very interesting um i didn't realize strawberry farm was such a political writer um and would include such such heavy um kind of opinionated ideas in their text um very bold i think it's also very interesting that as you as you said they're highlighted what color evan other words highlighted these these words are highlighted in quite sort of stark, very emotive red. Mm-hmm. And what does that make you think of? 
that that makes me think of you know the blood that the hen and the egg both sort of shed when I hit them with the hammers while I was studying them a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. trying to determine to answer this very question that Strawberry Farms has posed of which is first, the hen or the egg, right? Um, I was sort of uh, going at them with the with these hammers, right? And when I went after the egg first, it wasn't red. But when I went after the hen first, it was red. So I believe that this sort of this uh, evidence of mm. the red hen, not red egg, unless the hen was sort of subjected to the hammer first, right? Mm. In which case, both the hen and the egg were red, which is what we've seen in this literature here, that both the hen and the egg are wow. red and the hen comes before the egg. Before so it's the... sort of corroborating the data I collected a couple of years wow. ago. Wow. That's really interesting. Mm. Now... So we've obviously, these first couple of sentences, unpacked so much um, and there's so many great things that Strawberry Farm is doing at the moment. I think I found my first kind of, um, first little buffer with them. Um, Because furthermore, you know, we've got red and red hen, which um, I believe what Strawberry Farm is trying to do is reference um, a, a common phrase, which is a red herring. Oh, like a red hen ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're but I think they got it wrong. It's because it's a red herring, but they've done a red red hen, oh, and so I believe okay. they were trying to reference that. Okay. Yeah. However, I may be wrong, and they may have just duped me that by saying red hen, it is they it's... themselves a red herring by uh, throwing me off on their path to uh, referencing that phrase of a red herring, and I wonder if, as well if that means that. Um, all, all the context um, and everything we've a- analyzed so far is just a red herring as well as the cover to what happens later on in the text. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, considering that we, we've already established this uh, piece of literature was obviously written in 0 AD, <laughs> yeah. right? Like this is a very, very early piece of uh, English literature. Mm-hmm. Um, surely it's it stands to reason then that red hen is the original saying and it has since morphed linguistically into red herring. That's a valid argument. So I believe you're actually criticizing the author here when you're basing it off sort of preconceived notions of you learned red herring first, but mm-hmm. it was actually red hen before it was red herring. Mm. And you're just you're you're not really taking that into consideration. So I feel like that's a an important piece. And we've, yeah. we've sort of ignored the fact that egg is also red. Could it not be red egg? That sort of flows a little bit more. Are we sure red hen or red egg was the original saying? Mm. Who can be sure? Who can be Which sure? one came first? Which came first? Fu- exactly. Well, the next sentence starts with the, r- and then in highlighted, in highlighted uh, red hen. What? Can, sorry, can I just ask what color is... Those, those words highlighted? Those red, uh, those colours, those words highlighted in red. In red, so the red hen is highlighted in, in red. red. Oh, wow. And two reds. Two red words in a row. Yeah, and as we know, red plus red. The red so nothing good comes from that. <laughs> yeah, <conversation. you? laughs> let's actually not talk about that. Um, the red hen loved to be with her ten chicks. So there's ten. <laughs> yeah. Can we, hang on, can we So just r- red hen must be a massive player. Um, I don't know, because hens, at least back in 0 AD, they might have produced a lot more offspring than we... we no, of course, but uh, hen is hanging with 10 chicks. Yeah, true, but we haven't 
Oh, oh, I, I understand. I, I think you were, you were. Um, I was basing it off sort of our modern view of of biology and how of chicks, yeah, and linguistics of how hens give birth to chicks to chicks, right? but you, Baby yeah, chicks. But I, I was, I wasn't. You were ignoring the, the, the kind angle. of social aspect of yeah, um, yeah. chicks. Uh, I guess in more in more slang use, yeah, yeah. Uh, referring to um women or babes or partners. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'd just like to bring it uh, into sort of acknowledgement that there is an illustration accompanying this text and it contains a certain number of chicks. And sorry, Isaiah's just uh, counting them now. <laughs> can, you, can you give us your findings from this <coughs> br- brief study? Oh, are, are you okay there? Yeah, <coughs> sorry. I, <coughs> I had eggs for lunch. <coughs> um, How many? Ten. Ten eggs. Ten and eggs for <laughs> ten chicks. Were there were there ten chicks? There are ten chicks. I there just counted. <laughs> brilliant, a brilliant effort from Isaiah. He's successfully corroborated the data supplied in the text and the visuals of this page, mm-hmm. and that's sort of showing that the author, uh, Strawberry Farms, and the illustrator, Katie Saunders, was collaborating. <laughs> Very effectively, very efficiently <laughs> on the production of at least this page. We haven't looked much. <laughs> they really the listened text. to each other, didn't they? They did. They talked. They talked, and um, it's worked out really well because the the ten is highlighted, meaning that that was clearly an important point, and it is expressed both visually and um, linguistically on this page. So it's all of the sort of motifs that this book is trying to convey author and illustrator alike is really focusing on the number 10 right here. Mm. I also think it's really interesting that if we reread this sentence, the red hen loved to be with her 10 chicks and we take the word loved and we swap around some of the letters and take some out and add some in, we actually get the red hen hated to be with her 10 chicks. That's a really interesting point. Which is quite a contrast. Um, and it's really interesting that Strawberry Farm would have included that there because it's, it's kind of creating this um, kind of contrasting duality within this character of the hen. Uh, we've seen it before in Frog and Toad with the, you know, the yin and the yang, the, uh, the white and the black, the yes and the no, the, ag- the aggressive and the passive. Um, bless you. And Thank you. Here it's interesting. Strawberry Farm is bringing that idea of the, you know, the fundamental contrast uh, but put, placing it in the one character of hen. Are we, are we sure it's just the one character of hen? Because this is referring to Hen's uh, sort of familial interactions with these 10 chicks mm. surrounding well, I, I, them. And so surely the like the loved and the hated relationship isn't all encompassed within the one character of Hen. It's these 11 characters of the mm. Hen and the chicks. Mm, that, that's a good point. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess I was just referring to this character is fully three-dimensional at the moment, despite no, being... No, 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 no. <laughs> clearly, clearly. I c- I'm picking the page up right now, audience, and this is... Look, I can put one hand on either side of this image. It is clearly two-dimensional. Mm. Where is it? Where are you getting this, I mean, this third dimension? I mean, in the, in the uh, metaphorical sense. Oh, okay, my of, bad. Of being um, a three-dimensional character means, um, you know, being able to display more than one emotion, um, especially a, a whole spectrum of emotions as love and hater um you know kind of on a spectrum i guess yeah 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 and uh i'd like to mention that your your earlier point of loved and if you rearrange that a little bit you get hated right mm. they both end in ed implying that this sort of the similarity between 
these two uh, emotional motifs mm. will be sort of elucidated at the end of this text because that's where they both join. That's so I combine. feel like we should potentially continue on a bit further yeah, to of course. understand more how this loved-hated relationship between the hen and the chick sort of develops as we get closer to the end. It's a really, really good point. So um, then Freddy Fox arrived. I'd like to point that there's no red in this sentence mm. at all. It's, this is the first sentence the book has covered without any red highlight. And I think Very that's interesting. really interesting, especially considering how earlier hen was highlighted but now fox is not mm. but i would also like to highlight that in the f earlier sentence where hen was colored red it was not capitalized however in this sentence fox is capitalized so this sort of draws into question whether the, the red coloration of the word or the capitalization the making it a proper noun right whether that is more, which one is more important mm. in the context of this text? It's also very interesting that in doing so, um, in that by not capitalizing mother hen, we know that mother hen is indeed a hen, is a scientific hen. Whereas here, Freddie Fox, as you said, is a proper noun and therefore a title. And so for all we know, Freddy Fox is not actually a fox, and this could be another subversion or a red hen. A red hen. Oh, very, very good. Um, I would like to mention that this sort of uh, discussion about whether the capitalized F in fox, right, whether that makes the, the proper noun fox mm. means that it is not a fox as an organism necessarily. Mm-hmm. That ties in very well with our earlier discussion on the illustrated fox only having one eye, mm. implying that this is not actually a biological fox as in the organism. It's the fox is the title this organism holds. Mm. And so we haven't received any other sort of descriptions about what this organism is. And so for all we know, this could be a purely two-dimensional being. Mm. Of course. And just as it seems on the page being uh, literally two-dimensional. Oh, yeah, yes, of course. No, I, I was sort of implying that this is a sort of environment that we are witnessing mm. right now. This is a, a living sort of yeah, as organism it is. that we are viewing, right? And it's just sort of uh, earlier when I was studying sort of the, the quantum effects on two-dimensional uh, organisms, right? Mm. It was that while a two-dimensional organism was being observed, mm. it could not sort of change states. And so it's wave function had collapsed. Exactly. And so by illustrating this Freddy Fox, both proper nouns, by the way, just mm -hmm. to, to remind you, um, it sort of locks this living organism named Freddy Fox mm. into the observed state. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. could this be construed as sort of animal cruelty against Freddy Fox? Has this uh, has this book sort of gone into into that as a theme? That's a very interesting point. And it for me at least it brings up themes of um of uh the classic tales of demons and spirits, uh which haunt houses or um terrorize villages until they are named. Uh in which case I guess they are freed from their their ties to the earth and disappear. Whereas here this organism uh entitled at the moment Freddy Fox until it was named was a free being but now has been named and trapped in this corporal plane yeah. uh, within this text 
Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting way to view it. I I personally not had any experiences with uh, naming ghosts. I can't really say I've got much expertise in that field, so I'm going to have to defer to your opinion on this one. But uh, from your description, it seems very likely that this is the case. I studied it a few years ago. Uh, My thesis was on um, ghosts and their uh, abilities in playing poker. Oh, Um, that's quite interesting. Yeah, and whether they're they're more, uh, I guess, risky with their moves or or more kind of passive and keep to themselves and play it safe. the results weren't uh, very conclusive because I didn't manage to actually contact any ghosts. Um, I just I just got my grandfather in with a with a uh, white sheet with over his sheet, yeah, yeah over his head, um, and I hit him with a hammer, and unfortunately his ghost didn't you couldn't appear. With his no, ghost. no, I I knew that it must have been there because he passed away. Um, unfortunately, oh, I'm so sorry. But um, it's okay, it's okay. Um, how how long ago? Sorry if it's it's okay. Uh, this was this was. Uh, I think three years ago, oh, um, it's fine. Um, every night I, you know, speak to him, see if, see how he's doing. He, he hasn't responded to me yet, he but I think he's just sort of played poker with you. Just no, I think he's just a little. That wasn't very considerate of your thesis at the time. Yeah, I know, I know. It was, How'd it's that make you feel? really horrible. It made me feel horrible yeah, actually. I, I imagine it would have. Um, and anyway, um, so yeah, well, that's that, that's my old thesis. Um, and so that's that's how I know about art. Chatting with ghosts. Chatting with ghosts. Oh, how intriguing. Shall we continue? Um, yes, yes. So uh, then Freddy Fox arrived. The ten chicks began to beg their mother. Ten chicks. is The ten is once again highlighted mm-hmm. in red. Mm-hmm. And so is the word beg. Is it? It is. What brilliant powers of observation you have, Isaiah. I do use my eyes. On occasion. So, um, but this, this, the ten chicks, mm. right? The ten is highlighted red just as it was earlier. This sort of implies that the ten chicks, the red is part of that sort of conglomeration of words. Mm. Right, so if you had written, if they were referring to ten chicks where the ten was not red that wouldn't be referring to the same group of chicks mm-hmm. so this this red coloration on the 10 is actually changing the implicit meaning of the words mm-hmm. and um i feel like that's just a, a really interesting point when it regards them begging their mother which is also in red um implying that the the hen is also only usable when addressing it via the red coloration as well. I also find it very interesting that <clears throat> despite... Um, so th- at the moment, there have been four separate words that have been highlighted red or four independent words. Some of them have been highlighted multiple times. But we've got in order, hen, egg, red, ten, beg. There are five, actually, my bad. That's okay. I forgive you. Hen, no, hen, egg, red, ten, Beg. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it is five. <laughs> there are five. Um, really interesting that beg is the last one when we know that uh, beg as a um, as a prefix uh, means beginning to begin, yeah. uh, the beginning to uh, at the start. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, contrast, and again, perhaps ties into that a wonderful point that you brought up earlier in regards to the the contrast between good and evil, love and hate, are being tied to at the end. Yeah. Okay. Here it says maybe the beginning takes place within the end. Yeah. Uh, 
creating it kind of a sort loop, of a I loop guess. Of love and hate. That yeah. Sort of. Um, the yin uh, and the yang. Reminiscent of yin and yang and, and these sorts of religious teachings. The 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 serpent. The, Ouroboros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's a. Did you know it's actually possible? It has been observed in snakes that they can eat their own tail, and in much the same way that Ouroboros is shown doing that. However, it usually results in the snake's death because they can no longer move or get their tail out mm. of their sort of intestines, and then they can't uh, eat or move or do anything sort of that's necessary for snake biological functions to mm. occur. And so, this Ouroboros the beginning and the end sort of cycling, right? It actually occurs in nature in the beginning and the end cycling in snakes, but it does result in the death of the snake in much the same way that your earlier study found that the presence of a fox and a hen in the same sort of room result in death. resulted in death. So it's these actions of these organisms to themselves that are resulting in their own death at the beginning and the end. And it's very interesting how strawberry farm is able to uh, make that point through so many different ways. You know, we're only... I'd say five, five or six sentences into this book. Oh, yeah. And we, we can count. One, I, I'm two, three, four, five. We're five, five sentences, sentences into this, into book, this and book, and there have already been that many references to uh, death, mortality, the uh, time, the contrast between good and evil, uh, Jesus, blood. Very, very powerful. Very, um, very, very powerful. Words. Very that, beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. The imagery constructed not only by the words but also by the illustrations. Pretty amazing. So emotive. Mm-hmm. The ten chicks began to beg their mother. It really paints a picture for it you, does, doesn't it? It does. And then the illustrator has themselves painted a picture for us. Um, but I, I would like to continue on in mm-hmm. that the next sentence is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the first time there's been a direct quote in this book so far. Mm-hmm. It's this is the ten chicks talking to their mother. Wow. And they, they say in unison. Can we play with Freddy? They all chuckled. So Did they chuckle? Clucked. I actually well you see I'd I've always sort of had trouble differentiating between clucked and chuckled. There was I was um uh studied a, a while back in regards to this sort of unique Ah, uh, quirk that I have in mm-hmm. regards to these two words, and they just they couldn't determine a, a significant reason as to why I always get these. Just can't tell confused. them apart. That's that's fair. No, but um, yeah, it was a really interesting study. They they did this a bunch with lots of different words and associations, which was, and this was the only word. Um, but yeah, so the the quote of "Please can we play with Freddy?" followed by a question mark, in, indicating that this is indeed a question, not a request. Right? It's mm-hmm. not a um, mm-hmm. Not like a, a full stop or an exclamation mark. Or what other sort of ends of sentence? An ellipsis. An, an elli- it could have been an ellipse. I feel like an ellipse would have been an equally powerful mm-hmm. punctuation to end this sentence uh, with. It could have been a semicolon, although that grammatically wouldn't have made much no, sense. No, that would have continued on the sentence, would it not? Yeah, but they could have the intent to continue on the sentence, but then that's all they end up saying. What if they had put an underscore there? Would that have impacted the meaning of this or if they put underscore xxx underscore underscore xxx at the beginning and the end that's that's a really interesting take um but yeah these i found it really interesting as well that with the title um hen gets wet if you if you take the title and you add an xxx underscore at the start and an underscore xxx at the end you actually get xxx underscore hen gets wet underscore xxx which is really powerful um and kind of ties into that um 
cyclic nature of the loop at the beginning and the end yeah, um, yeah, being the, the same. X, X, the one thing. sort of join at the but you wouldn't know where it starts or where it ends if you mm. repeated that over and over and, and over again. And X as well itself um, as a character is symmetrical along uh, not only the horizontal axis but also the vertical axis. And and I believe it's also symmetrical along um, diagonal axis. Diagonal axis, well. yeah, for sure. This so, is like uh, eight points of symmetry, I believe. Yeah, and so that again ties into the the end. Uh, and the beginning being the same. It's all about the the contrast, but but pointing out that although there's a contrast, they are all the the same. They and again, same. this ties in further into the um, our previous point about this being in kind of existential drama. Although everyone's although they're hurtling to death, does it really matter? Is there a difference between life and death? Uh, Strawberry Farm is indicating that everything is the same, which is it's a common. Um, common thought of uh, many famous existentialists yeah and i i feel like the the book's sort of position on this question could be well elucidated mm -hmm. if we because we've kind of ignored them so far but if we take into account the some of the 20 flaps, the 20 flaps. included in this book this well, is the let's get started on reading of, the 20 flaps yeah i mean this is the the innovation of the century zero ad that this this literature sort of brought into the equation right? <clears throat> and so this is quite an original aspect that we had never seen before in all of human writing so let's get into it really yeah, so what does the what does the first flap say? I so think? it says hen on the top. It says hen on the top, and then so the, the construction of this particular piece mm -hmm. sort of shows that it is able of being flipped through the third dimension, which sort of um, impacts our understanding of these two-dimensional, three-dimensional creatures mm -hmm. in that the author has obviously taken into account the third dimension and chosen to leave these illustrations in the second in the dimension. In the second dimen uh, dimension, which is very interesting. It adds kind of a... A, a meta, uh, a meta um, reading of, of this narrative with the again these characters staying within the narrative, but referring to you as the reader, uh, showing you that they had the choice for these characters to be three dimensional, but uh, decided not to make they them as such. To leave them in the second dimension, and so does that imply that they, the author and the illustrator, wanted second dimensional creatures to more accurately portray their true forms? or whether it was just simply done out of a desire to make sure they didn't enter the third dimension. Like, was it trying to be faithful to the art, or mm. was it trying to restrict the art into not utilizing all of the dimensions? It's a very interesting point. Uh, a lot to ponder for the oh, audience. most definitely. And so once we sort of... What's the, the flipping action of this... Are they called folds? Folds, folds. I would say so. Yeah, flaps. Folds. Flaps. Flaps. Which, of course, is a reference to the way that uh, Hen hens lips, today. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Okay. So if we if we flip this flap. So I'm going to grab it with my left hand. Your left hand. Is this? Is there any particular reason you've chosen to use your left um, hand? Um, because uh, in in biblical iconography, it always says that uh, the good sit at the right hand of the father. And considering that this text. I just take, you know, showing that there's no difference between the bad and the good. I believe doing so with my left hand is indicating a use of Satan or uh, re referring to evil, the devil, uh, but in doing so is actually referring to good. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm going to rotate it 90 degrees 90 out of the second dimension. or 90? 180. 180 degrees. So I'm going to rotate it 90 out of the second dimension. 
yep. into the third. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's a really interesting sort of function of this. this wow, program. that's so. Wow, do you want to tell evocative. the audience what we see? Yeah. So on. So on the. Sorry. On the. Let's just re- <laughs> put back. Bring bring back the fact that on the front of this flip it says hen, right? And you flip it over, mm-hmm. and now there is an illustration of the hen we have been discussing throughout this whole sort of... Um, really interesting. The, the, the imagery, it really brings into focus what the hen looks like. It does. It's sort of clarifying that <laughs> when we read the word hen, which might I remind you is coloured red mm-hmm. and is also depicted in this fold, uh, it's sort of showing that within the text, this is what the author wanted us to imagine mm. when we read this word hen. And so I think this is a really, really good interaction between the author, Strawberry Farms, and Mm, and the the illustrator, right? Oh, yeah, of course. that they (laughs) have to be collaborating (laughs) to organize this hen and illustration of the hen. That it says hen, you flip it over and And there's there's a a hen. hen. There has to be... There's some great teamwork going on. There's communication going on there. This is showing that this is a really, really... They work work well as a team. ...constructed book. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a really important sort of point to to discuss. Well, it it is. It's a point of contention about the author and the illustrator, um, Strawberry Farm and Kate Katie Saunders. Um, it is believed that they did have a love affair. Um, but uh, it's it's not fully confirmed. But many um, many uh, fans of of their work believe that uh, the two had a love affair, and um, in fact, yeah, worked so closely together that they formed a bond that couldn't be breaking of love um, and spent and, the rest of their days together. Well, just love. Because surely this, surely <laughs> their, their relationship <laughs> this is like Aubrey a, Farm, yeah. Katie Saunders would have to be sort of discussed in this loved-hated or relationship. Or p- potentially it started out as one and developed into the other. And, and, the other, and then it sort of cycled through like the Ouroboros, the beginning is, and the end. Is ever-changing. Do we think that the this in the first sentence of this book everything was quiet on Strawberry Farm? Do we think that Strawberry Farm is the same Strawberry Farm the author is? Yeah, and so they were like lying on their back, and everything on them was just like quiet. It's all quiet because what would they be doing? Making sound? That's not something you do. Mm. And so I think that that's that's sort of a the best way to read into mm. this mm. first fold of all. Very interesting. Do we think it's? Do we think we have enough? energy to discuss the next foldable or should we read the next sort of line in the book i think we should in in true fashion of strawberry farm i have an idea that i think hear me out i think this is how the text is meant to be uh, perceived there's so much about the beginning and the end correct yes yes i believe so we're on the first double page spread we finish all there is here, and then we flip to the final double-page spread. End, the end of the double-page spread. And that okay. way we have the beginning and the end, which okay. create the whole. Yeah, that, that might be the intended method of viewing this. I think so, I think so. And it's something that, again, um, you might miss upon first reading, um, but for really keen viewers, it's something that you can really pick up. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is, the author is dropping, a, and the illustrator, are dropping a lot of hints here that that's the intended viewing. Beginning um, and the end. And so before we move on to Egg, I will just... Uh, Further, my point with the um, the love affair that the two had, mm-hmm. the reason why people believe that is because their teamwork together seemed so profound. The fact that when it says hen, you flip it over, there is, a, is indeed a hen. Um, and before we move on to this next one as well, I will make it noted that all these, the words that are on top of the flaps are the words that were previously highlighted. highlighted. 
and they were previously highlighted red, but now they're on the flaps. They are not highlighted. They're no longer red. So when we're discussing these these words, does that mean they have different meanings when they're on the flaps and when they're in the text? Or do they have the same meaning and it's just meant to be a link between the two? Potentially. My, one of my uh, first thoughts regarding the matter is that when they're used within the context of these uh, complex sentences, they stand out as profound and special. Yet when we have them on their own, uh, without the, the context of the less special uh, words, they lose that, that meaning uh, because a hen by itself is just a hen, yet mother hen sitting on her egg is... It's, it's a lot more powerful. It's a lot more powerful. And so in doing so, uh, Strawberry Farm and um, Katie Saunders are showing how uh, if you take something out of context and view it by itself, it loses all its meaning. And in doing so, furthering the, the existential um, reading that everything is meaningless um, and you can give meaning to something, but then if you look at that meaning by itself and really analyse it, there's no meaning there's there. There's no meaning there at all. But it, surely, surely you, you, if you sort of consider the looping nature of meaning and that it begins and it ends and it begins again, mm -hmm. right, surely that can bring some meaning into it. I believe so because... You have the red hen, so you immediately dirt, uh, dart your eyes sorry, to the hen on the page. Then that, you dart your eyes to the big black hen on the top of the flap. You flip it over, you see the hen, and then you go back up to the red hen at the start. It is a cycle. It is most definitely. And so this... Just like this the chicken next, and the egg. Just like which came first, the red coloration hen word or the black coloration hen flippable? Or the illustration. Or the illustration. This brings... Like, a whole new dimension to it because mm -hmm. there is no longer a beginning and an end. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end. Despite it all being one dimension. Despite it all being... Well, it's two-dimensional, two actually. Yeah. Um, shall we flip, flip the next over the next one? Because we are running out of time. Uh, so this one says egg. Egg. And when I flip it... There's, oh, you would not believe it. There is an egg there. Wow. That's so profound. It's a really simple egg to it. Very, very effectively portrays the... An egg. <laughs> An egg, really. Like I, I look at that, and I immediately my mind is immediately brought to the breakfast I had a couple of days ago, where I actually I purchased no, no, I purchased some oh. eggs. Right? <laughs> oh, and so I was consuming these eggs, and that that I had a, a thought, and I was like, this this book by Strawberry Farm. Mm. It must relate to eggs in some way. Mm. This was I was having breakfast at the time. I had a <laughs> glass of orange juice next to me, actually. And um, so, but the egg that I was having for breakfast was the important part, and mm -hmm. it reminded me that there were hens involved in this book, and likely by extension, eggs. Yeah. And that sort of inspired me to uh, well, actually analyze this book in the way that we are now. Yeah, that's so interesting, Evan. Um, furthermore, as well. Uh, Again, hen is placed before egg, indicating that despite... But, but that's only if you read from left beginning right. to the end. <laughs> you are right. If you read from the end to the beginning, which we, we've learned already that they are the same thing, right? Then it's egg before it's hen. It's egg before hen. So once again, so it, it's the, all the just author the... is not making any solid statement as to whether the egg came before They're the not hen. So... They are just constantly, 
constantly bombarding us with this question of what do you believe came first, the hen or the egg? Yeah. Do you believe it goes the beginning then the end, or the end then the or beginning? the end then the beginning? And that's and it. Never makes a. It never answers that question. It only ever asks it. That's also really interesting because if we reread the first sentence, but from end to the beginning, it says farm strawberry on quiet was everything. Wow, that's. I hadn't even considered. So we we were discussing whether we should read the beginning of the book and then the end of the book. Let's what uh, if we instead viewed this from a sort of twisted perspective? Mm -hmm. We've subverted our own expectations mm -hmm, on how to analyze They've, they've already uh, proved us wrong a few times because we originally thought they were making a, a statement on which came first, yeah, but yeah. we've now uh, realized that they, they weren't. And so now if we reread this first page from the end to the beginning... For both of them. No, no, I feel like we <laughs> just, just, just discuss the first page. Okay. I feel like there's too much in this text for us to, I us agree. to discuss in the detail it requires. Or, or perhaps the rest of the book is, as Strawberry Farm um, has coined, a red hen. It is. It's. It was all a red hen from the Which beginning. Which Strawberry Farm makes very clear that this entire book is a red hen, that there is a narrative. Instead... The entire text is meant to exist within this single page. Oh, most definitely. Everything else beyond that sort of point. Right? The, moment, the moment Fox was capitalized and became a pronoun, disregarded anything else that was meant to be it, sort of discussed. It in this throws book. you off. And it's, that's a, a bit of a literary genius there. Um, any, any keen um, reader such as yourself and I, I mean, it is. Uh, it, I, it is, I wouldn't go that far. It is. It is <laughs> you don't believe you're a keen reader? No, no I don't I'm believe not. you're a queen keenly. <laughs> Queen reader. <laughs> I indeed am not a queen leader. Um, but but it is almost comical the way that, um, you know, I, I capitalized Freddie Fox and there's no um, highlighted text there. And so it's, you know, you could miss that and then just continue on and take the rest of the book seriously. But that's uh, Strawberry Farm being like, hey, now. Take a moment. Take a moment. This is, this is silly. This is silly. So you should... You should realize that the rest of this you shouldn't take seriously. You should question it, just like you should question whether the hen or the egg came first. Just like you should question whether you're even alive right now. I feel like that's a question we should all... I feel like we should discuss that question, right? Wake like, up. I feel like... So when we read it backwards, it says, Chicks ten her with be to loved hen read the... And that was the, the first sentence. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really interesting because now hen and red have been reversed, but they are still the same color. So this is a really interesting use of color in this sort of in this text. In that, when you read it in reverse, the sort of interactions between the words are different, but the coloration of the words remain the same regardless of whether you, what direction you're reading in, right? Mm. And so that sort of means that the the meaning behind these words can remain sort of fixed. It transcends. It does. It transcends direction, mm -hmm. which has sort of been what this whole sort of book Transcends direction, transcends dimension. It does. From the second to the third to the fourth, right? Once we start reading in like backwards, reading backwards in time, going from the last word to the first or vice versa, right? These words still maintain their meaning because mm -hmm. of their coloration in that they are different, distinguishing themselves out from the rest of the words on the page. Ten head red. Yes. So if we continue. Smiled and egg her on, on sat, sat, hen mother. 
the hen mother, obviously referring to the the great the great hen mother who uh, started the the hen uh, versus frog wars. The hen versus frog. I can't say I've heard much about uh, in in wars. in early two hundred uh, BCE. Uh, the hens waged war on the toads, uh, and which which toads, may I ask? The, on the toads. The toads. Yeah, the toads. Oh wow! Um, and it was really interesting because there was a great debate um, about how it started and who was in the wrong, who was to blame. But uh, uh, hen mother actually came out with a statement saying it was me. I fucking hate toads. Hen mother sort of claimed this as like an act of terror. Mm, mm. Oh wow! That's, yeah, and so it, this is sort of, I mean, it's likely not the directly referencing that because hen is once again not capitalized, so it would not be the hen mother. So this is it's surely sort of <laughs> it's just making a comment on this sort of historical time in that mm, mm. it's removing the the power behind these words by removing the the capitalization, the capitalization. right? So yeah. it's sort of attempting to de destigmatize the the hen mother. Mm-hmm. And then move it from <coughs> modern vernacular. And then finally, we have farm strawberry on quiet, quiet was everything. everything. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, most definitely. That sort of, that speaks for itself. I, I couldn't analyze that any better than you could, Isaiah, mm. than any of our listeners or other readers could. So... That's, that's really all there is. That was Hen Gets Wet by Strawberry Farm, uh, illustrated by Katie, Katie Saunders. Saunders. What a profound piece of literature. Oh, that really was. I could I could continue talking about that sort of that text all day. I it's Yeah. Really, it just there's so much in that book. There there um, it really is so much. Um and that's oh, very very interesting how, you know, with such few words they would uh, uh create such a vast so many layers of meaning, yet all those layers being compressed down to the two-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like this huge sort of world that is constructed within these mm. these simple seeming words mm. on the on the surface, of course. And then the use of this new, like the innovation, these twenty flaps that were included. Uh, I feel like it's such a such a profound viewing mm. on the events that inspired this novel. It's it's a masterpiece really. Um I would give that seven hens out of seven. I I don't know. I feel like it, it only I feel like it could have used with like utilizing more of the twenty flaps. Mm. Um, yeah, but we, there were only two. Considering the the two at the beginning is all that we determined were necessary for correct understanding of this text, I feel like the other eighteen um redundant Flaps could have been utilized to more effect. Mm. Um, either that or we're interpreting this book wrong, which I feel is very unlikely yeah. considering both of our extensive understandings of this, of this text. text. Anyway, um, that was Post Irony 